Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. May his grace and his blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, amen. Before I speak about today's beautiful and moving gospel passage, I want to uh, commend our people this morning, because today we're missing a lot of our deacons. They're on a trip to the monastery, and we pray that, God willing, they can come back safely later today. Uh, but as I hear your voices this morning, and especially the voices of the youth, and I can say especially the voices of the young women, I am filled with joy. Because when our liturgy was written, this is probably what was envisioned. It was envisioned that their priest would have his prayers, and the deacon, the ordained deacon, would have his prayers, and then the rest of the singing would belong to the people. Not to one person with a microphone, not to one group, but to the people, to everyone. And so today, I always, of course, hear your voices in every liturgy, but today I hear them especially loud and clear because the rest of our deacons and chanters are not here. And so I want to commend you for that, and I look forward to finishing this liturgy and hearing your voices uh, in worship and in praise to the Lord God. Today, brothers and sisters, is the fourth Sunday of the blessed Coptic month of Tut. And we heard a magnificent and majestic story from the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 7, verses 36 through 50, about a sinful woman who came to see our Lord Jesus Christ as he was dining in the house of a man called Simon, who was a Pharisee. And when she came to our Savior, she did not say a single word. But rather, as St. Luke tells us, she stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. What these words describe, dear brothers and sisters, is a woman who was formerly sinful worshiping our Savior at his feet. And as I meditated on this beautiful gospel passage, I couldn't help but be moved by the beautiful picture that St. Luke paints in which our Savior receives the repentance, the worship, and the adoration of the sinful woman at his feet. What must this woman have felt at this moment? What must have been in her heart as she stooped down very low at the feet of our Savior and kissed his feet? It made me wonder about the significance of this woman's worship being specifically directed towards the feet of our good Savior. And then I wondered, would it be possible to say a few words about the feet of Christ? And that is exactly what I want to do this morning, to speak to you a few words about the feet of Christ. And I want to focus this time on speaking about salvation at the feet of Christ. Salvation at the feet of Christ. This was certainly the case in today's gospel passage where the sinful woman, without uttering a word, fell at the Lord's feet and worshipped and adored Him. And it was at His feet that she wept for her many sins and offered repentance. And it was also at His feet that she heard our Savior's beautiful words, your sins are forgiven. And later our Savior, while she was still at his feet, he would say to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. 
In other words, all of this happened at the feet of our Savior. This woman received salvation at the feet of Christ. Why do you think, brothers and sisters, that this woman received salvation at the feet of Christ? I believe that it was because she adored what was least in Him. She adored the least thing in Christ. In other words, she fully believed in Him as God, but she nonetheless adored the most humble part of Him, His feet, the feet that walked the earth, the feet that would constantly get dirty and soiled from walking to and fro in His ministry. She knew Him as God, yes, but she wept and she adored at His feet, the lowly part of Him. And our Savior Jesus Christ, when He saw her repentance and felt her tears on His humble feet, He commended her for her faith and forgave her her many sins. Now we know that she is not the only woman in the Gospel to adore the feet of our Savior. In a most miraculous way, the Holy Church, our Mother, points us to another story of another woman who had a similar experience. And we heard it last night in the evening offering of incense. It was the Gospel from St. Matthew chapter 9, which describes for us a woman who suffered from a flow of blood for 12 years. And I want to read verses 20 through 22 of this passage for you. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I shall be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. So what do we observe in these verses? We observe that this woman does essentially the same thing as the sinful woman in today's Gospel. We are told that she came to Christ from behind, which is what the sinful woman does today. But then, did you catch what the woman touched in last night's Gospel? She, we are told that she touched the fringe or the hem of his garment. You know when you have a garment in the very bottom of the garment, you have the fringe, you have the hem the part that's sewn together to keep it from coming apart. The hem of the garment is the border between the garment and the ground. And what this means is that this woman who suffered from a hemorrhage of blood for 12 years, she came up behind Christ and then she stooped very low and she touched the edge of his garment in order to be healed. And in other words, we can say that she also approached what was lowliest in Christ and she received salvation and was healed, just like the sinful woman. And even before we read about these two blessed women who received salvation uh, at the feet of our blessed Savior, we have many symbols and stories in Scripture concerning receiving salvation at the feet of the king. One striking example is found in the heroine Esther uh, in the Old Testament. You remember that Esther was the Jewish queen in the Persian emperor, uh, in the Persian empire. She was married to the emperor Xerxes of the Persian empire. And you remember that during her time, a wicked man by the name of Haman 
devised a plot to essentially exterminate all of the Jews within the Persian Empire. And in chapter 8 of the book of Esther, we read that in order to save her people, the Jews, Esther fell at the feet of the king, her husband, and she entreated salvation for her people. And the king freely gave that to her while she was at his feet. It was not unlike all of the other stories we encounter in scripture in which people fall down at the feet of the king or at the feet of Christ in order to receive forgiveness of sins, healing of physical and spiritual disease, and instruction in the way of the Lord. And as we consider these beautiful examples of people finding salvation at the feet of Christ, we remember that this also must be our continual posture throughout our lives. We must always consider ourselves bowing low before the feet of Christ. The holy prophet King David expressed this beautifully in the 131st Psalm in which he sang the following, let us enter into his tabernacles, let us worship at the place where his feet stood. Let us worship at the place where his feet stood. These words are like the beautiful bells that uh, ring loudly in Orthodox countries, beckoning the faithful to come to the church and worship God. Our lives must be lived in his tabernacles, in the church, and our focus must be on those feet, because those feet of Christ are where we find salvation. They are where salvation happens. Brothers and sisters, today we must be convinced. Salvation comes to us when we bow low before the feet of Christ, when we focus on his abject humility and his love for us, and when we imitate that humility and we return that love. When we focus on the lowliest part of Christ, his humility, his gentleness, the fact that he came and not a reed was broken. He did not come with a loud voice, but he came in meekness and gentleness and humility. When we focus on that in the life of our Savior, then we will imitate that and we will find salvation. In no other place was this more obvious than in Golgotha, outside the gates of Jerusalem on a fateful Friday in the year 33 or so. At that time when our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified for us, his precious feet, which he used to come to us and to serve us, those precious feet that took him all the way to Samaria just so he could meet the Samaritan woman and save her, those precious feet were pierced with nails. They were pierced with nails. The feet that took him from Nazareth to the Jordan River to be baptized for us, the feet that took him from the Jordan River to the wilderness to be tempted by Satan and to overcome Satan on our behalf in the wilderness, the same feet that ascended the mountain from which he would give us the Sermon on the Mount and teach us how we should live as Christians, the feet that took him from place to place to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to raise the dead. Those same feet were pierced by sinful humanity. And everyone who gazed upon those feet 
Those who repented and those who believed in him, like the thief on the right side of our Savior and the Roman centurion, they were saved. They looked at his feet, pierced by sinful humanity, and they meditated on his lowliness and his humility, and they were saved at his feet as well. And this is why, brothers and sisters, for us as Orthodox Christians, it is second nature, or at least it should be second nature for us to venerate and to kiss the sweet and precious feet of our Savior. When we pass by an icon of our Savior and we see his feet there depicted as still being pierced for our sins, our impulse should be immediately to go to his feet and to kiss them to kiss his feet because there, at his feet, we find salvation. Anyone who has any love for our Savior will spontaneously kiss his feet in the icons and will live his and her life at the feet of Christ, seeking salvation and forgiveness of sins. This is the principle that we have been living with for 2,000 years. We kiss what we love. And if we love our Lord, and if we love salvation, and if we love forgiveness, we kiss His feet as often as we can. And so, brothers and sisters, today this magnificent gospel speaks to us about finding salvation at the feet of Christ. And it also speaks to us about repentance. And I want to conclude with just a very brief story. I'll end with a story about repentance because it is a beautiful story uh, that is connected to the other beautiful story that we heard in today's gospel. There is an old legend concerning our Lord. And according to this legend, God said to one of his angels, go down to earth and bring back to me the most precious thing on earth. And so one angel brought a drop of blood from a person who had sacrificed his love to save someone else. And God said, Indeed, O angel, this is precious in my sight, but it is not the most precious thing in the world. Another angel caught the last breath of a nurse who died from a terrible disease that she contracted while she was serving others and helping others get back to health. And God smiled at the angel and said, Indeed, O angel, this is a very precious sacrifice in my sight, but it is not the most precious thing in the world. Finally, one angel captured and brought a very small vial, a small glass bottle containing the tear of a sinner who had repented and returned to God. And God beamed upon the angel and said, Indeed, O angel, you have brought me the most precious thing in the world the tear of repentance, which opens the gates of heaven. Today, brothers and sisters, we see that the gates of heaven were opened for this woman as she bowed down low and wept at the feet of Christ. And it, has, it is as though the angels collected her tears of repentance in a small vial, a small glass bottle, and they presented them to the Lord. And the Lord was most happy with this sacrifice because our tears in repentance truly are the most precious thing in this world. And glory be to God forever. Amen.